fourth time around is my favorite Bob Dylan song on Blonde on Blonde. <laughs> Start it. <laughs> what? Just keep going. I'm keeping it. Oh, you're going? <laughs> this is Film Q. I'm Jeffy Fadonera. Uh, and I'm just good fun. Uh, sticking with uh, worst beginnings. <laughs> no, I was gonna go with Bob Dylan. It's oh. uh, go on. It's the 50th year anniversary for Highway 61. Oh, is it? It's right like now. my favorite album. I don't even know that. Yeah, today, I, <laughs> I know it's 65. It. I didn't know it came out. August 30th. Yeah, people. Now you know what day we record. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go listen to Highway 61 Revisited because that is the greatest album of all time. If I have to clean later. I'm probably going to listen to it because I had makes sense. Hell yeah. Fucking Desolation Row gave me a genuine emotional moment. <laughs> so good. Um, anyway, I can't segue out of that. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just get straight into the amendments from last week. I don't know. I don't think I just has any. Do you? I don't even remember what. Because uh, we were going to talk about uh, what our rap albums were, our favorite ones. I don't remember what mine were, so go oh. for it. <laughs> All right, cool. I just wanted to amend mine because I didn't feel good forgetting this one once I remembered it. Uh, so now my number one is still My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. But my number two is The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Right. Which is, it's almost hard to call it a rap album because it encompasses so much. I guess hip-hop album is more appropriate. Even though, you know, they're pretty much interchangeable terms, but I just feel it captures the more universality of that album. And third is still Illmatic by Nas. Um, I consider. William's not going to be upset that you got rid of Doom. Oh, I I, I love Doom, but that Lauryn Hill album is just perfection. I think he'll manage. (laughs) Yeah, he'll be okay. Uh, Isn't he coming back next week? Uh, Two weeks. Two weeks, okay. Yeah, well, updates on that later. But for now, we'll talk. Cop Car, smaller movie to end the summer. What did you think? Um, I really liked it. I liked uh, the simplistic style that it had, and uh, some of the sweetness for that was kind of surrounding these two little kids that ran away from home. Yeah, at first, for the first like twenty minutes, I thought it was going to be a little too sweet. Right. Because. Uh, again, I didn't know anything going into this movie, like what it was. I I just had the basic premise that uh, two kids find a cop car, take it. So I thought it was just going to be that, essentially, for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Which I was worried was going to be stretched thin Super real thin. quick. Uh, but it works. They, no, it works. They, 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 they introduce the bodies, and then it becomes, essentially, a modern stand-by-me. <laughs> yeah. See, I wasn't sure... Uh, I didn't know you didn't look. I had heard a few people talking about it, and they kind of just like, I guess because I had seen, I saw the trailer after we saw the movie, and I noticed uh, in the trailer they do show the bodies. Yeah. So it's like a lot of people who have talked about the movie talked about the bodies and how yeah. that, that how it's in the trunk. Yeah. So I kind of knew that was going to be happening. Yeah. Whereas I didn't know anything, and w- so when the bodies came out, it introduced a nice uh, bit of darkness into the world because yeah. up to then. It was like I think it was very well observed kid stuff because it, it they sound like children they play like children they get scared like children do and I thought it was really well observed but it was a little too sweet f- for how long it went on mm-hmm. and so once Kevin <laughs> Kevin Bacon shows up and he starts pulling up uh, these bodies from his trunk then suddenly what I feel is a theme starts to take over. I wouldn't say the film at 
really hits on that theme too hard or really has anything much more to say about it which uh, to be clear it's I feel like the film is sort of exploring uh, then it's like any coming of age film the nexus between the wide-eyed innocence of youth right and then the encroaching darkness of adulthood right super darkness yeah yeah it gets a little weirdly uber dark <laughs> near the end with the kid getting shot uh, yeah spoilers <laughs> but you know they should if know. you listen to the show they should know yeah um i kind of expected one of the kids to get hurt it was uh too convenient if they didn't like they're in the city they have a gun in the middle of a it's, gunfight it's, yeah it's nothing. Chekhov's gun right yeah it's, it's this Chekhov's kid you you have a kid with a gun he's gonna get shot there was a there was a line early on when they're like trying to decide if they should get in the cop car and what happens if they'll go and uh when one of the kids I, I, I think it was Harrison which one which was uh the wimpier kid yeah, the one who's a little more innocent, and he's like, "Well, <laughs> like your word is innocent, mine is wimpy," <laughs> and he's like, uh, "What? What will we do?" And and Travis is just like, "We'll just tell them we're cops." Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "That's where I was like a little. Uh, this is getting a little yeah. too sugary." And he's like, "Okay," and then he gets into the seat like it's just gonna, like that's gonna work. Mm. Like I, I feel like no kid, even at ten years old, would genuinely believe that would work. <laughs> Yeah. Um, same thing later on when they have a, when they have the gun and they're like, "Why isn't it working?" And I'm like, in my head screaming, I was like, "What age do you know that there are safeties?" Yeah, on I mean, guns? especially in the Call of Duty age, right? Which this film clearly doesn't take part, place in the past, right? I'm pretty sure it's the present. So I'm sure these kids have played some Call of Duty. Probably, <laughs> but I don't think safety. there's no safety. No, but I mean, you get a God. general sense of guns and. How shitty would that be if you're playing Call of Duty and you're about to shoot safety someone? You're like, you're like, crap! I didn't that, take that. That would be a good off. idea, actually. Have it. Have it to always turn on Activision. The listen. Yeah. <laughs> it all. It almost get into a whole like a More realism. Realistic. Yeah, like a realism. A realism that touches into you have to physically want to commit this murder because you have to switch off the safety. Uh, Call of Duty is not saying I anything know, close. But I mean, like. The Another closest thing you can do, spec yeah, off the line. yeah, maybe like a uh, like a survival horror, like give me Resident Evil to do that. I can oh, see how that would be really good, happen. yeah, survival horror where you have to turn the safety on every time, oh, off every time. That'd be really good. Let's make a game. You programmed <laughs> for a bit. I have not <laughs> coded make... in way too long, and I'm gonna keep it that way. <laughs> God, I would love to make a game. Anyway, cop car. <laughs> um, I wrote here that you can really feel a lot of the influences. Yeah. on this movie like we mentioned Stand By Me where it's very much a, again coming of age story about kids and revolving around a dead body in some form and although it's not it turns really a out dead that, body yeah we think it's a dead body for most of it but then it wakes uh, he wakes up um, I also duel in the final chase scene I, I haven't like, seen duel but uh... like I've seen enough of duel to to understand the language being used. Where have you seen enough of Duel? On TV. I've never growing seen, up. <laughs> seen it on TV. Well, on growing up, I've seen it. And I've seen references to it, too. I think Simpsons did references, I think. I could be wrong. Anyway. I'm not surprised. Yeah. They Simpsons, did everything. Yeah. Uh, oh. And Reservoir Dogs, strangely enough. And, and like just the imagery of the kid in the well, back seat with not, clutching his belly. I'm not entirely surprised because I think... Uh, 
there's a few trunk shots and mm. to, to me every single time i see a trunk shot i just think tarantino yeah uh the canon was talking about reservoir dogs recently and tarantino is one of the probably the most influential director to come out of the recent couple of decades you know or trip oh shit it's been three decades now <laughs> almost well 90s what? 2000s now we're in the 2010s it's three decades but how does that work because he started in the early 90s what was his first movie 92 i was born 93 how's that three decades the same i'm saying it's oh, oh my god we're gonna have this <laughs> it's almost three decades okay almost okay it's a, it's it's like, a little it's 25 over... It's 23 Okay I'm counting <laughs> The 90s as a decade I'm counting the 2000s as a decade I'm talking in general Not in literal math Alright let's just add an extra 8 years here and there <laughs> It's not, like it's not 8 deal. years It's 7 It's 5 I'm <laughs> counting the 90s I'm not counting the year he started The 90s is a decade in itself okay, Whatever the 90s start in 1990 either way i think it's kind of funny he's super influential even though uh, <laughs> this kind of gets at uh my whole feelings on cop car that you can talk about a lot of other things that aren't cop car <laughs> not that it's bad or anything it's good i liked it but he's also like one of those directors who a lot of stuff he does he kind of not rips off but he plays homage to a bunch of older films. I know you've seen his other movie, Clown, but I haven't, so elucidate yes. that. Um, from what I remember reading, Clown was a was a trailer that he put out, and it was the idea that you put on somebody would put on the costume and would turn into a literal clown, but the clown was from like a, was like a demon, I think from. Uh, from the Nordic area or something yeah. like that, uh, but on the trailer he had put saying that it was going to be produced by Eli Roth. <laughs> uh, he had never spoken to Eli, <laughs> and uh, once he heard about it, he's like, "That takes balls. I got to produce this thing." And then they made <laughs> it. Uh, so that came out, I think, last year, and it was a, it was really well done. There was a lot of cool stuff that I liked about it. it was a, uh, was pretty scary. There was a yeah. lot of good. Uh, proper jump scares not false ones that worked for it great imagery a lot of spewing blood would you like more cop car or clown i think cop car cop car really yeah clown felt like it not not to take it away from it but like a really good b-horror film but which i think it's what it was trying to be but it just cop car feels stronger as a as a film and Mm -hmm. i think that's partially because of like his experience on working on that he also I don't know which segment, but he also did a part on the uh, that RoboCop remake that oh, yeah. everybody was. I've a part only of. seen one segment, and it was everybody hilarious. knows that segment. It's it was great. shooting the dicks. <laughs> oh yeah, I've so seen that like good. four times. Yeah. We watched it at work once. <laughs> of course. I, I wish it was on the big screen though. <laughs> um, yeah, would I don't see much of a I guess personality in his direction, right? Like, Kind of dis- which is good. I mean, you could be a chameleon, that's fine. Um, but what I did notice is that he has a really good ear. Mm. Like, not only the sound design, which these are some of the loudest guns I've, I've heard in a movie in a while, like since Heat. <laughs> um, but also, just the score is, I loved it. It's even though it's just 
you might chalk it up to generic rock guitar. It worked for me, mm-hmm. and I'm the kind of guy who hates generic rock guitar. <laughs> but I don't know. It, it, it had a nice uh, energy to it. It re- kind of reminded me of the soundtrack to sort of A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night because that has some heavy guitar in it. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which that reminds me to the soundtrack for uh, Only Lovers Left Alive. Oh, yeah. That's more of a... S- mm. No, yeah, no, you're right. I just haven't. Of mix. For some reason, Only Lovers Left Alive is kind of disappearing from my memory. I'll, I'll play the soundtrack for you after. It's <laughs> <Thank> great. You. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was gonna. I wanted to ask you a question. What do you see in this film that points uh, to what John Watts can do with Spider-Man? Oh, his direction with the kids. Yeah, that's the number one thing I have. I, th- I think so. Because like... I mean, Marvel. I think they made it clear that their produ- their movies are producer led. Yeah. Right. And so, and a lot of the action sequences that's previs that's kind of already. I, I in think the bag. that that's kind of funny because that's where I wanted to jump to next, but I was gonna bring on about the fact how you said you felt like Copcart had no, uh, you didn't feel his personality yeah. on the film. It's perfect for Marvel. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you have your few directors like. Uh, James Gunn, like yeah, James Gunn, <laughs> who kind of like takes charge, and you can see their stuff. Whedon is also another one, but that's kind of different because it's Josh fucking. His Whedon. stuff is more character stuff. You feel him in the dialogue and yeah. yeah. the script, not so much in his visual because he's very much a TV director. Right? Yeah, uh, and you can tell that with Avengers. I didn't. Yeah. I I like the first Avengers, but I didn't think it was uh, that visually appealing. No. I mean, it has cool moments, but again, some of that stuff is probably previous. Right? Exactly. Nothing that Joss brought. I mean, let's be real. Most of the cool moments is the that one take with yeah, everybody. Yeah, which he almost cut out too, right? Which is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but that's why I think like he, I think he'll do good in the uh, in the MCU. Kind of opposite to now the now confirmed Colin Trevorrow, who's going to be doing episode nine, which I've. Pretty much from what I've heard is the reason why he got the job is because of how he was able to handle his notes and stuff like that. Oh, God. Well, I mean, it's also the fact that, like, you know, Jurassic World made a shit ton of money. But it's, uh, but the fact that he was able to kind of take, take these notes and work within the industry with the, with the producers and such. Yeah. That, I guess, kind of put him a little bit higher because he already worked with, uh, Spielberg and, Kathleen Kennedy, I believe, for it. So it's like already one good foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be mentioning Jurassic World a little later on, <sighs> but uh, yeah, no, he his work with the children will be perfect for the younger Peter Parker they're going for. Yeah, I was kind of almost hoping a little bit into the movie that I was like I would have liked to wish one of these kids would have been swapped out for for Tom Holland just to see what he would have been able to do with him oh, yeah. a little bit earlier because we want everything now. Yeah, <laughs> how old would the kids? Look, what they're like ten in this movie, in 10, so were... they'd be like thirteen, yeah. which isn't quite high school age, but it's almost there. <laughs> no, what? What? I don't remember how old uh, Holland is, is, but he's he's about a little bit about going into high school age. Yeah, it's cool. I, I'm looking forward to seeing a younger Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, I also noticed though he does a good job of balancing tone because this yeah. movie jumps tones a lot. Like it goes from comedy to adventure to action and to suspense but it never really loses the audience mm-hmm. uh i was 
surprised just because the movie gets really dark at times and then it'll follow it up with a joke so i was almost thinking it was going to be a black comedy but it never really does that's what and that's i guess my main problem with the movie is that it never coalesces into something greater than the sum of its parts so it has enjoyable moments and it's good it's well made i just i don't know it's not something i'll be coming back to i guess i thought it was a which isn't a criticism of john watts because i think with a good budget and maybe uh some time he can make a great spider-man movie um he had he wrote this with i think his name was christopher ford uh and i like the script that they put out the other thing is i know he's not in charge of the script for spider-man which uh it's scares me a little Uh because it's uh like i don't remember who it is but i know they they just finished like writing and directing the the latest like vacation reboot oh yeah uh i think they wrote uh horror bosses two <laughs> i can't really remember i know it's weird they're getting two comedy writers yeah it's one it's one bad of, comedy writers. It's one of the kids from uh freaks and geeks who's writing yeah really yeah. which one uh, is it oh is it the nerdy kid the brother I'm gonna just Linda Cardellini. Oh, uh, check it up real quick. While you're looking up, I'm gonna gush about Linda Cardellini, <laughs> who is probably the uh, most beautiful. John woman. Francis Daly. Don't cut off me, <laughs> fucking gushing about Linda Cardellini. Who's right? now in the MCU, right? Oh yeah. Oh god, I want to see more of her. Uh, he he. It was a uh, Sam Weir. Weir. I don't Sam know how to say Weir. his last name. Oh damn! Is he the brother? I think he's the brother. Show me the picture. Uh, well, I have like a modern day picture up, but when well, I'm, I'm sure I recognize his face. I'll still know who it is. This, this... Yeah, the nerdy little brother. Yeah. Have you never seen Freaks and Geeks? I've not seen Freaks. Oh, no wonder, because I'm like, you would have known if I. Okay, watch Freaks and Geeks. It's There's so too good. much stuff to watch. It's short. It's like 15 episodes. That's too much. <laughs> too much. Um, but yeah, so he's writing it. He's writing it with some with uh, uh, his uh, working partner. But uh, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous with the scripts. I know they wanted to go for more of a. There's a lot of reports coming out saying that they wanted to go for a John Hughes sort of feel for high school, which I think could work. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I do hope they make it a high school drama kind of thing, yeah. where he just happens to be Spider-Man. And from what I've seen of that, what they've been teasing about the costume. I'm excited for that because it looks like it's going to be really different, which is what we need, which ultimately that's what the Spider-Man movie has to be, is really different. So it separates itself from the, was it, five other Spider-Man movies we got this decade? <laughs> oh my god, that's right. That is way too many Spider-Man movies. And How many, not as much as we have X-Men movies, but holy crap. Well, I mean, at least with the X-Men, they, we have like, like one they, they, have, they had like a soft, a soft reboot. Yeah. So as opposed to like two very different franchises. Wait, Amazing Spider-Man was not a soft reboot. No, I'm talking about X-Men. Oh, okay. Because like you know, with like Days of Future Past, they're like, oh, let's yeah. let's just fix a little stuff. Yeah. AKA, let's delete the shit. Out of yeah. X3. Basically, nothing mattered that yeah. you just watched. Wolverine was one of the well, best no. movies of the X-Men thing. And it, it was. Didn't, it didn't matter. <laughs> I was kind of a bit upset because I was just like, but I like that one. Yeah. Let's keep Origins out of here, but bring Wolverine back. <laughs> yeah. 
that's a really good movie. Which I is think. super confusing because then they're gonna be bringing, uh, from what I understand, uh, there's gonna be one more Wolverine film, but they're still gonna call it Wolverine Three, or like there's gonna be a subtitle I think, but it's still gonna be technically the third in their tr- Wolverine mm-hmm. trilogy. And I'm like, put the other one definitely doesn't exist. Wolverine one again. kind of exists, so. Wouldn't it just be the Wolverine again? <laughs> yeah, the Wolverine again. That's what we'll call it. Um, so what's your final verdict on Cop Car, Andres? I think it's, uh, like I said before, because it's sweet, it's very easy to, to sit down and enjoy what you're watching. I'm not going to... It It's weird I'm going to say this, but I feel like it's a, it'd be a good, nice family film. That is a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know. I, th- I think I've watched a lot of, like... Uh, I remember growing up seeing squirt, like uh, like Goodfellas like when I was like twelve. So uh, with my family, that explains it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's why my taste is like a little. Uh, it reminds you, uh, my parents. We've always watched movies, right? And we've always been been into movies, and we regard them as art and stuff. So it was funny when my dad. One time I was a little kid. We were watching. Uh, I think it was Frida. Okay. And there's a scene where she's like naked and they're having sex. And he turns to me, he's like, remember, this is art. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I think it was, uh, I, I think there's a Dr. Dre film called Car Wash. You what? ever heard of it? <laughs> no. My dad heard of it. I had watched it with him. And in it, there's like this dream sequence where these women wash the cars with their shirts off. And uh, I was like eight. Googling now, <laughs> and uh, I was like eight, and I like turned to my dad, and I was just like, because usually if I was uh, watching a movie like that with my parents, they would usually kind of send me out of the room at that age. Mm. So I asked my dad, I was like, should I leave? And he's like, it's fine, it's a dream sequence. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm not like, oh well, if that's the case, <laughs> it's fine. Apparently. <laughs> Just for the record, it's called The Wash. Oh, The Wash. All yeah, right. and it got, has a 4.5 rating on IMDb. So, that high? Yeah. <laughs> it's all for the dream sequence. Oh, I'm not surprised. Snoop Dogg is in it. Weird. I wasn't sure if it was Snoop. I knew it was Dre, though. Yeah, Dr. Dre. Um. Anyway, Cop Car. Maybe watch it <laughs> if you feel That's like why it. I said I think it'd be a... It's like, I saw that way too young, so like... Screw it. Make uh, your... I, I do feel like maybe, t- like, even despite the violence and stuff, 10-year-olds should go see this movie because I think it will speak to well, I'm not to talking them. about, like, like taking your 5-year-old to go watch it. Well, but, yeah, like, 11... Yeah, but I mean... Roads with the parents I wouldn't say necessarily nice. with the parents. I'd say almost sneak in with your buddies. And I know this is probably, like, some older conservative families would be like, what is he saying? <laughs> We're not actually listening to your show. <laughs> People sneak into theaters. Yeah, I mean, I know about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say like te- group of ten year olds. If you're for some reason listening to this, sneak into this movie, watch it. I think it'll, it'll speak to you in some way, and you can find it cool in other ways. It's on, I think it's because it's like such a small film. Uh, it's probably on VOD already. Which mean, yeah. yeah, which means it's probably online. Do it up, man. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the summer now, because I think with Cop Car, even though it's a smaller film, I mean, because it's a smaller film, it shows that we're kind of transitioning away from the huge mega blockbusters of the year. There's a few left, but it's 
everything else Which pretty one? much I'm just basing it on like your sense of it <laughs> well I think Crimson Peak is gonna be something big that's November though that's October yeah that's that's just a horror movie I don't I wouldn't consider that a there's a big blockbuster it's not big blockbuster but, but you know the idea a, of a big summer blockbuster that's done yeah, the, uh, the other the only thing that's really left blockbuster wise are probably like Mockingjay Part 2 uh, oh yeah I mean Star What's Wars oh yeah that's this December that's uh, Mockingjay comes out November 20th yeah no, those are too uh, late and I, w- I really wouldn't consider Hateful Eight uh, no, a Quentin Tarantino is he, he? What what's he's what's so great about him is that he he makes such big, uh, I would say mainstream movies that are still niche. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. Anyway, what would be your final verdict on the summer 2015, which was uh, according to Birth Movies Death, formerly Badass Digest, was going to be the summer of death. But then they pushed back uh, Batman versus Superman, and it, even though it was still a crowded summer, it was super crowded. There was so many things to watch. Yeah. So like, we didn't watch all of it. At least oh, I didn't. There's, <laughs> there's still like three movies I think I still need to watch. But but most of it's like the the latter, uh, more independent stuff like Mistress America and stuff like that that oh, I yeah. haven't got a chance to go see. I don't really talk about that much, or at least I don't have many notes on the smaller movies. I do a little bit, but I'm talking the the big releases. Well, I have some smaller movies on my best of. No, this. so do I. <laughs> but oh. I'm gonna talk about that. Anyway, your verdict is good summer, bad summer. Um, I won't say good. There's a lot of stuff that I think is gonna last with me, uh, for the next few years to say at least. Uh, and there are a few films that unfortunately are gonna probably gonna make my blood boil for the next few years <laughs> as well. But with that being said, I was. Oh, I think I know what's in your bottom now. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few movies that were, like, really uh, big for me. And so I'm like, there's going to be stuff that I'm going to want to keep revisiting. And so that's why I think it was that outweighs the bad. It's funny because I fall on the bad side. I think it was a bad summer, especially following... I can't remember. Last summer I had Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Which, I last summer I just feel was so much greater. And the summer before that, 20... Was the no, 2013? I don't remember that one being so great, but 2012. 20, was well, 2012 amazing. was Avengers and Dark Knight Rises. And Looper. Yeah. Great. I think that was like. Looper the, was late, though. Yeah, I think it was almost September. It was, it was, I think it was. Uh, no, because it premiered at TIFF. So I think it came out like late September or early October. Hmm. Crap. Okay, maybe not Looper then. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Looper was that year, and that was a good. That, but I remember that being a really good summer. Moonrise Kingdom. That came yeah. out that year because I remember seeing that. The way I, I remember thinking about it was I felt like 2012 was the year for the great blockbusters, but 2013 was a year for good smaller films. independent films. Yeah. There was a lot of good that stuff that came out. Her, Inside Lewin Davis. I still think about her like probably on a weekly basis. Yeah, I watched it recently. Oh, it's, still, it's so good. My parents even loved it. And I remember my mom was... Um, my parents were trying to talk shit before I put the movie on for them. And they're like, well... Why are we gonna watch this movie about a guy like falling yeah, in love exactly. with, My with, parents with, with this computer? And then they watch it, and they're just like, "Well, it's not like falling in love with a computer; it's like falling in love with a friend you never see." And I was just like, "I don't know why you don't like understand what I was telling you this before. <laughs> you no, don't listen." That's, 
that's exactly the same arc that I had. My mom saw the trailer and she's Spanish. like, "That looks so stupid." Spanish. <laughs> and then I was like, and then after we watched it, we had this really good discussion where I'm like, "Yeah, it's about it's examining relationships by removing the physical form." So you see, it's about communication. And my mom was like, "Yes, communication is everything." <laughs> I'm like, see, mom, I told you. <laughs> it's just a super sweet film, and there's that. Uh, God, there's the line. Okay, we're not. I don't know if it's fair because I'm. Well, hers old enough, so if you haven't yeah. seen it, you fucked up. Yeah, you, but, you uh, fucked up. <laughs> there's the line when she when she leaves them and she like uh, talks about like the like the space between the words and reading a book. Mm-hmm. I think like that line, that entire paragraph she says is just perfection. Yeah. When uh when her won the best uh, original screenplay, I remember jumping from my couch and screaming. Yeah. Because I was like, this is well-deserved. My favorite moment is when it cuts to black during Samantha and... Fuck, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix's character. Shit. Is it Teddy? That's is it not, Ted? I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, when he, they have sex for the first time. Mm. like uh, Quote-unquote. But that's the thing. It cuts to black because then it becomes something beyond the physical. It becomes a connection. And you, right? And it's weird to say, but you just hear them... Yeah. Orgasming. Yeah. <laughs> you can say it on dress. No, I was gonna say moaning. Not a dirty oh moaning. <laughs> Moaning's even easier to say. I don't know. I stopped for a second, I was just, I don't know why. <laughs> but yeah, no, they uh you hear them both and it becomes this moment where I have this theory where people what really uh draws people to sex is that it's uh other than the pure physical joy of it, it's also the most connected you ever feel to another human being. And I think that's what we really strive towards is feeling like we're not so alone in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean that on an emotional level, not on a physical level. Um, although your physical self is part of the reason is because you can never inhabit someone else's body. But yeah, I feel like that is the closest it ever comes to it. And that moment speaks so strongly to that. Anyway, <laughs> sidebar on her because that movie's so perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought the summer was bad just because. There were only three movies I would call like all timers, which okay, having one all timer in any period of time is should be good. Should enough. be good, but I mean, for having three great movies in a t- fucking super crowded, s- super summer. crowded twelve weeks, super crowded with of, superheroes and the ratio stuff. is just kind of lopsided, right? Like, don't get me wrong, I don't think it was super bad, like the worst summer ever. It was just if I'm looking at it on a scale. The good three don't outweigh the bad nine. 20, you know? <laughs> 20 yeah. Oh, damn, I'm counting just nine, but yeah. Well, I mean, like, these are the that. ones we saw where we average yeah. to go to theaters once a week when you, uh, you keep in mind that there are three other movies probably coming out at the same time, and we chose one of them so yeah. we don't have to deal with the others. You know, exactly. Terminator. Uh, we, <laughs> was, I totally forgot about Terminator. That was a thing. <laughs> that was a thing that I happened. Even, I'm, I'm not going to watch it. No, I'm never going to watch that. No. Movie. I, oh, maybe. I don't know. If I it got, comes with the new movie network and I have nothing else, I'll watch it. I got it. asked to watch it the other day, and they're like, we'll pay for your ticket. And I was just <laughs> like, I'm going to stay home and do nothing. Wow, that movie disappeared. I mean, I don't even. It was in the theater for like a week, and then I no. I mean, this is this is the sense I got. <laughs> like, oh yeah, no, it was, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was playing gone. until like two weeks ago, Damn. a week or two ago. Jesus Christ! Poor Amelia Clark. I do love her. Um, I should clarify it's the three movies I'm talking about. Jack Corney's fault. Yeah, Jack Corney. <laughs> <laughs> fucking charisma vacuum. Ugh. <laughs> um, 
The three movies I'm talking about are Inside Out, Mad Max Fury Road, and Magic Mike Double XL. Yeah. Those are your three? Well, those are, my, those are my top three. Yeah, I mean, those are the greatest movies of the summer, probably the year so far. And who knows how if they'll stay up there till the end of the year, but I think they might, in fact. Um, One of them staying at least. Yeah, totally. I'm pretty sure Inside Out is going to be my top movie of the year. Yeah. Pretty confident that it says everything I want a movie to say, and I, I, it's like it feels everything I think I feel. Right? I think all like I don't know about you, but to me, part another part of that why I like it so much is because of what it tries to say, not just in general, but also to the kids that are going to watch it, right? Like yeah. it's, it, it's the most universal film I think we've made in a way. I don't know. Magic Mike is pretty universal. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that movie's so good. Uh, I want to see it again. It probably has my favorite scene of the summer, which is the fuck. What's his name? The gas. The gas station one where he's just, where all they're all high on whatever. Uh, Big Dick Richie. Yeah, Big Dick Rick Richie. <laughs> what a name. Big Dick Richie dances for the girl in the gas station, and it's to Backstreet Boys, and it's so funny. When he so walks, sweet. When he walks in, and he's like questioning it for a split second, and then Backstreet Boys starts playing, and then he's like the certainty in his face, and everybody else started cheering, and we were laughing, and there was probably clapping. I do not remember, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, of course, it was just like it was the scene everybody waited for definitely was... the best theater going experience i had probably you two we went together what one of hold the he- held hands one of the <laughs> best experiences i'll go into one of my worst later on okay. oh yeah <laughs> i think i read about this uh yeah it was so much fun the crowd was predominantly women and it was so good to see a movie catered to them that cared about them i kind and... of uh touched on this a bit with uh Kanisha, who was on our episode for Magic Mike, yeah. who might come on uh, one later later in the year, uh, was that this is, seems like a great year for uh, feminist films. Oh, yeah. Or e- even if it's like not just specifically for it, but somebody tries to kind of like unfortunately slide it into and hide it in a way. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, like even with Mad Max, when you had all those crappy people making posts about like don't watch it it's a feminist film and all that garbage which was stupid yeah but uh if you're one of those idiots stop listening to our show <laughs> we, don't, we don't want your listening yeah. um, but between uh Mad Max Magic Mike you know you also, we also had Spy yeah uh there was a few others but I've... Inside Out has a little girl as her protag- as the protagonist Joy right. and Sadness are both women there was another one but I'm blanking at the moment um, let me look at my list. I mean, Tangerine was not quite a summer movie. Mm-hmm. It, more, it, I mean, it came out in the summer here, and it's a small, very small film. But that's about transgender uh, prostitutes in LA, right? And so that's a huge step forward. I feel. I would say, uh, would you consider Ex Machina? Uh, yeah, that was totally feminist. Uh, Pitch Perfect too, Trainwreck. Oh, I totally forgot about Pitch Perfect. Yeah, Trainwreck. Yeah, great summer for women, which is fantastic. Because the, the, what I think is great is that a lot of these films aren't like the stereotypical form of feminism where it's like, you know, uh, burn your bra and all that stuff, which right. isn't the typical. That's bad. Uh, that's not what I meant to say. 
what I meant to say is that that's people's a lot of bad people's idea of what feminism is but really it's just representation right equal representation so they're finally getting movies on a level that men are quality movies too and movies that star women are for women but are still universal in their appeal mm-hmm. aka magic mike even though that is this most uh <laughs> predominantly female geared film yeah where it's a it's still so much fun for anybody who goes to watch that movie. I.E. us. Yeah. God, I can't stop gushing about Magic Mike. That movie's perfect. <laughs> yeah. it's so good. Um, But yeah, I know I'm gushing, but I still didn't think the summer was very good. Just because a lot of the good films we saw, like Spy... Uh, they just kind of... They, they, they're good, they're good but, they but they have major the flaws that kind of inhibit them from being great right like i have here i have let me go through this list here i have spy which was hilarious but it was cinematically it was kind of dull yeah right because uh paul fig isn't a great visual director either like we mentioned joss whedon earlier but i think joss whedon is still a step above paul fig that's fair to say i think i don't know how to pronounce his name no i think feige's kevin feige yeah yeah. (laughs) marvel (laughs) uh avengers was a little too dense for an initial view i feel like it'll get I've heard it gets better on and multiple I, viewings. I don't know. I saw it twice, and mm-hmm. on the second time, it kind of went a little less Worse, for me. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. It just wasn't oh, like whelmed on a in a way that even Ant Man did for me. Right? Yeah. Ant Man was a solid movie that I love, which could have saved the summer for me, but it just again, it just not actually visually appealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. That fucking I'm still marveling. Oh God did not intend that pun <laughs> at the uh trippy uh, what is it the subatomic sequence it's oh yeah so good uh see what else saw that twice in imax screen and like both times i was like this is i was waiting for this yeah. the second time <laughs> train wreck was a little long and unwieldy i just felt like well, i mean that's most that's how films yeah but i just feel it doesn't quite work here right mm-hmm. like i liked it i still really liked it but it just it's a little off here and then Furious Seven had, I mean, it had suffered from the, from having to compensate for the death of one of its leads, and it's still really good, but it's just not as good following Fast Five and Fast Six, which were just action masterpieces. Yeah, I really liked uh, what James Wan brought to it. I knew that going into this, uh, he had talked about how bad, how what he wanted to bring into it was suspense that was kind of not there in previous films and he brought that from his uh his decade in working in strictly horror films that he kind of built and built and built and it was there it was more evident i didn't i, I saw less of james wan than i wanted to in it there was a it, it it worked for a lot of things but then it kind of didn't work for some parts i mean other than the set pieces i don't really remember much of that movie Oh, and the final goodbye to Paul. Which is probably the best part of that movie. <laughs> it was perfect goodbye. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I have it kind of high on my list, to be honest. Yeah, uh, it's not on mine, but... It well, I meant, because I'm not sure which list you're looking at, but I, I actually brought up, like, my ranking list. So I'm, like, looking at uh, all of them. Well, yeah, I wouldn't... On my actual... On my letterbox, it's kind of... Let me see. Out of the... 27 films in my letterbox list for 2015 it's number 18 which is fairly low but i still really like it it's above cop car 
I haven't added cop car yet, so but uh, out of thirty six for mine, I have it at thirteen. Thirteen. Nice. Damn, what's my thirteen? Avengers. <laughs> I like Avengers more than Furious Seven. Do you wanna know my Avengers number? Yeah. Twenty two. Twenty two, damn, it's low. That's where my Lost River is. I know you didn't like Lost River. I did, but it's still 31. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but then, anyway, we have the bad movies. And these are the well, movies that I didn't like, I should say. Not bad movies in themselves. Uh, Some might be bad. Yeah. Uh, Southpaw, I felt like, was an exercise in Empty Flash. It looks good, but there's nothing going on under the surface. Um, and it disappeared from my brain the second I left the theater. Which was could probably prove by just listening to our episode on I, that. uh, I saw part of it the other day. Southpaw? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, be honest, in the middle of it, I kind of, like, was like, what is this? I completely forgot what it was. <laughs> and I was like, I, I was like, what, what movie is Jake Gyllenhaal in right now? And then I was like, oh, right, Southpaw. Oh, yeah, so. exactly. It's such a vapor move, a uh, vapor film. South Paul's not on the bottom of my list. That's it's right before it. Oh, okay, there you go. Uh, I felt like Straight Outta Compton was a cliff note slog of the band's history. Did not like it. I know you did, but whatever. I'm more important here. Uh, the Man from Uncle, which we never talked about, but I ended up watching anyways. Um, it's okay. It's pleasant experience, but it's never more than that. And so, you know, it's another one of those movies I'll forget and never watch again. I feel like. Uh, how you said before uh i think you said with spy where it would there was no flash to yeah. it and then from what i've heard about man from uncle it was like all flash yeah the funny thing is i didn't feel it was that flashy I felt you like didn't feel it, like it was too stylistic no I, wa- I wanted more style i heard it was too stylistic That's i haven't weird. seen it i haven't gotten around to it yeah I no know. i kind of felt like i wanted more oh it definitely is more conflict because the main guy uh henry cavill's character just has it way too like on he's way too on the ball yeah and he's, there's never any conflict um just i've heard that this is like the best uh cavill has been yeah he's pretty good i mean he's still kind of forgettable but um but then i still he just rem- has an affectation that you remember i still remember how i think the day or two before you saw it you messaged me and was like oh so man from uncle is actually it's apparently pretty good and yeah. then you saw it and i saw your review for it and you didn't like it yeah clearly well, i mean i it's weird because with the like liking system on letterbox i mean i like it but i don't like it you know what i mean so not enough to like give it a thumbs up to say you should go watch this but enough that i, I didn't like walk out of the theater and be like oh i wasted ten dollars i had the exact same uh response kind of with uh with fan four stick because that's what i'm calling it what the fuck the movie is that <laughs> was that part of because i felt like uh the first two thirds of it was kind of was was good enough interesting yeah. uh that i wanted to press like to say that it's not as bad yeah but then at the same time i was like nah i'm not it's yeah. not because you still have to watch the last bit of it you still have to watch the last bit. if you can watch the first two parts of it and then walk away and then be like once it hit one year later it it's a giant question mark and you don't yeah. know you're just not supposed, walk out of the theater you're not supposed to know what happens after that and you're yeah. just like always left to wonder what's next 
The movie's so much better. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> it could still... It's still not good. It's not but, good, but it's way better than yeah. it could have been. Uh, see what else. Uh, yeah, so Fantastic Four I have is a well-documented failure. <laughs> uh, Jurassic World is a hateful example of the worst kind of blockbuster filmmaking. It's just absolute commerce in every way. Even though... And it's... Well, the most frustrating part about it is that it seems to know what it is. And then it just is that anyways, which is infuriating. Um, but then, if you talk about the smaller movies, they feel fared a little better, but I still felt like they uh, kind of got outweighed by the not-so-good. Like, Tangerine is one of the greatest movies probably of the decade so far. And Ex Machina, is, you can agree with me, is yes. fantastic. And The Gift and Amy... I don't know. You didn't see I didn't Amy. See Amy. Amy is a really good documentary. You should check. You should check it out. And I've been wanting to buy Back to Black because that album is so good. And he's seeing her create at least the parts where she's created, seeing how deeply they tie into her real life, was like heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the gift I mentioned is uh, is just I can't even talk about it. It's just, go watch it. I want to talk about it with people <laughs> who've seen it because it's so twisty and turny and we such saw good dark fun. We saw Spring and... Was that Summer? No, but I'm talking about... What was that? Well, it came out uh, the same day as Mad Max. Did it? Oh, well, yeah. Te- yeah, because people were like... or I mean, the directors were like, who's here instead of watching Mad Max? And we put yeah. up our hands and we're like, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I especially did because I was like missing out. I missed out on the other showing. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, have, I have Spring like one above the gift and... I don't know some, something, but I guess that's kind of like my love for like the before trilogy that kind of yeah. clued into it. You have it. a it was, thing for uh, romances, yeah, <laughs> and it just like kind of clicked in for me, and it was like it was mm. it was an interesting original idea that I haven't mm. really seen. No, it was really good. I, had I realized that it came out the same day as Mad Max, I would have talked about it. But yes, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um, I also saw uh, Bang Bang Baby. Uh, Oh yeah, you told me about this yesterday. Uh, I, I think I saw it last or two Friday, and uh, it's a really small film. I believe it's a Canadian release, and uh, it was it was an interesting and weird movie. I really liked it, but I can definitely see why somebody wouldn't like it. It uh, <laughs> like your mom, <laughs> like my mom. We went to go see it in a small theater. We were the only two people in it. Uh, <laughs> That the movie ended and she kind of laughed and she's like, "I'm sorry, I didn't like that." <laughs> uh, but it's 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 a musical based in 1963 in a small town called Lonely Arms. Uh, I believe it's supposed to uh, that uh, town's supposed to be in Ontario. Uh, and one, it's a it's a musical. I don't think I mentioned that, mm-hmm. but it but it's a it's a big musical and but the film kind of has like this aesthetic that also goes back to the classic hollywood sort of days so it's like painted walls little crappy uh green screen work but to me Which, i think in it all fairness worked. might not actually be uh intentional oh no i I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like budget reasons but for me <laughs> it still works it added to the aesthetic of it so i yeah. kind of liked it a bit yeah, more and that's the thing if it works it works and that's all that matters there was a like there was a like when you see bad green screen uh stuff you can there's like i don't know if you notice it but in kingsman there's a few stuff where you're like you're not really in the room oh yeah uh that's bad 
and I'm okay with that sometimes. Yeah. There was actual like leftover green around like the heads. Oh, in Bang Movie? And, and I was like, that one I'm a way more <laughs> iffy about. But I was like, what, whatever, yeah. you know, this is a first time director. Yeah. I don't know about the editor. So. Yeah. Jeez. Literal green. Um, oh, and there's a, there a gas leak and there are mutants and that. Oh, yeah. How I do you forget to mention that? that. I didn't, fucking mutants. Yeah. <laughs> It totally changed. Like, Make it sound like, like hairspray. I was like, yeah, this movie's like kind of reasonable. It's 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 normal. And then there's mutants, and then yeah. it goes into this other thing because it's also about illusions and like her dealing with things that might have happened. That it in a way it reminded me of Sucker Punch. I've never seen it. I want to though. The way I the way I saw Sucker Punch was like, uh, it would have they they would go to these other places so they wouldn't have to face the reality that they were dealing oh, yeah, with, yeah. and like that's what it made me think of okay um also while we're young which yeah. is a movie i enjoyed watching but because of what it's saying i can't get into it because it that movie just doesn't like who i am <laughs> as a person i think it's uh for me it's pretty low but i don't know why it's that low i don't remember this is why i need to like revisit movies sometimes yeah exactly uh, i mean yeah i mean you should always revisit a movie if you can because it always if it's a good movie it'll unveil new truths to you if it's a bad movie it'll just be exact same bullshit mm-hmm. but um yeah with while we're young i can admit it's a good movie because noah Baumbach is a great filmmaker and he 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 will put out a good movie no matter what but with this movie he's kind of saying he's he really just doesn't like millennials it sounds like in this movie and it, from what i hear about mistress america he kind of course corrects there yeah but this movie for whatever reason just comes off as hateful and i can't get into that i actually didn't even realize until now that that came that that's like when the movie came out like i just had to go check it okay that i find because i think it's really i don't think i would have expected knowing that we would have two Noel Baumbach films mm-hmm. in the same summer. Exactly. Like, I can understand like some people being like, oh, who was it? Uh, David Ayer last year who put out like Sabotage in February and then Fury in like around November. And I was like, that sounds about right, but no, mm-hmm. in the same summer? Yeah. Where both of them were both doing like uh, the festival run at around the same time? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, he's probably on work on three other movies right now. <laughs> you heard it here. It's first. A, he's hearkening back to the fucking forties, and he can put out two movies a year. It's insane. I look at like some like people's like IMDb like uh, filmography, and it's like 40, 40, 40, 41, 41, 42, <laughs> 42 and I was like, how? Yeah. How do you how put it possible? It's like you film for like what four days? Like what? <laughs> yeah. How, and how fast are you writing these things? <laughs> um. Okay, let's get into our rankings now. You don't have to go into too much detail, but just talk about your top five of the summer. Whatever um, order you wish. I don't, there's no real order. I don't even... It's weird because I don't have them on... on. I have my, my list on my phone, and I'm looking at the list on my computer, and they don't even match that way for some Ooh. reason. Uh, but for my best, I had uh, Mad Max, mm-hmm. Magic Mike, mm-hmm. Inside Out, Ex Machina, and uh, me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Oh yeah, me and Earl. I didn't watch that, so I didn't hear good things. I I liked it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I know you did. You didn't talk about it at all, huh? You didn't talk about it at all during the podcast. I did. Did you? It was the same day that I went to go see uh, Jurassic World. Oh yeah. And I like not on this episode, but in the other episode. Yeah, I briefly okay. mentioned it. 
Um, and your bottom five? Oof. Um, Poltergeist, Tomorrowland, Fanforstic, uh, <laughs> Insidious Chapter it always 3. It takes you an extra second to see, like, what? <laughs> uh, Insidious Chapter 3 and Max. Oh, yeah, yeah, I knew it. Max. Uh, I was looking I almost feel my- bad because I'm the one that sort of pushed you to watch that movie well i was i was like i had plans with like co-workers to go watch it before and then you're like apparently it's really good and i was like i wasn't like oh. i want to f- i hope you movie bob writes something about it because i want to see his reasoning and send it to you i wish <laughs> let me know what you saw in yeah. it because like the entire time i was just like holy crap yeah. i went with people who one of them is into movies and she she saw the gift the first day mm-hmm. it came out and then like told me about how great it was and told me about some like cinematic things like some visuals that it did with it uh the two scenes in the shower i really won't spoil oh, it but like yeah she's like she sat down and when she saw that part she the first thing she thought of was she thought about how much i was gonna love that scene <laughs> yeah. uh the other person we went with isn't that much into movies <laughs> Uh, and even like she has some bad taste in movies occasionally and neither of them liked it uh no uh well yeah sorry neither (laughs) of them liked it but even the girl who didn't really like enjoy it doesn't enjoy movies turned around and was just like this movie is bad i am (laughs) sorry we have to come see this (laughs) oh wow um for me i do have them ranked and I have smaller movies on, like really smaller movies on here, but I think I already told you, I mentioned why, just because they came out during the summer here, and so I const- they constitute summer movies for me, even I though Tangerine is technically a Christmas movie. I did the same thing, like most of these, uh, I think all the ones I picked are about wide, or all had wide releases. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, so my number five is Tangerine, like... I like Tangerine more than some of the movies I'm going to mention, but because it's a smaller movie, I kind of put it lower. So I have Tangerine as number five. Number four is The Gift. Number three is Magic Mike Double XL. Number two is Mad Max Fury Road. And then my number one is Inside Out. I thought it was straight out of Compton. Oh, no. This is my top five. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. Well, my bottom five. Uh-huh. Uh, number five is Man From Uncle. Man From Uncle. Uh, number four is Straight Outta Compton. So it's not that low, but it's low. Uh, number three is Southpaw. Number two is Fan Stick. <laughs> and number one is Jurassic World. Yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah. I was glad you went with the Fan Stick, though. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so that's our show. I hope you enjoyed it. Andres, what's in your film queue for this week? Um, I'm trying to catch up to... Uh... I think in October, Criterion is putting out uh, Mulholland Drive, David Lynch's film. Yes. So having never really seen any of Lynch's films, I am like going through his filmography chronologically. So next up, I've got uh, Dune. (laughs) Was that all just a preamble so that people understand why you're watching Dune? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, after Dune, I got Blue Velvet. I don't think I'd have to explain to people why I'd watch Blue Velvet. There you go. But... uh, and then I guess in the exact same vein, uh, our which will also be our next episode, which will be uh, the visit, okay. which is the next M Night Shyamalan film, and I'm going to 
revisit his movies. I'm going to revisit his movies. I apologize. I said the pun for you. <laughs> I apologize. So next up for that one is Signs. Though I think Signs is a decent, like, I don't think there's that much hate for Signs. No. With, I, within the film community, I think. People that, think it's dumb, but, I mean, they don't it's think not, it's bad. It's, well, I mean, it's not anything after Signs. Yeah. From what, I, from what I remember, most people do not like most of the stuff after Signs. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to enjoy Signs and be cautious and weary about the rest of his filmography. <laughs> weary. Yeah. Um, for me, I just have two definite movies I'm going to see, Sex, Lies, and Videotape, because uh, I want to go through Steven Soderbergh's filmography. I've seen a lot, but I want to go from the beginning. Yeah, you're going to go from the beginning when you're in the middle of it all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what the guy said, too, when I bought Sex, Lies, and Videotape. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> um, and Looper. I'm going to oh, revisit yeah. Looper because I got the Mondo Steelbook. I have that, too, and I've been like wanting to revisit it, too. Yeah, pop it back in. Oh, it's so I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater, so I'm excited. I um, um, Oh, my God. It's three years ago. <laughs> I mean, if you look at how many movies I have right now it doesn't work the same but back to before I used to like buy way too much movies at a time uh, I usually would like see the movie in theater and then as soon as I pick it up I would watch it within that same week Yeah, uh, like the logical thing to do but who needs logic um, <laughs> so last time I saw Looper was back when it ever it came out on Blu-ray and I picked it up then before so I have like the regular Blu-ray and then I yeah. also have the Bondo Nice. You just gift the regular one to somebody. I should. Someone who enjoys time travel movies. Actually, because I'm going to Chile, I could just mention all the DVDs I'm watching. Go for it. Uh, all right. Let's see if I can name them all from the top of my head. Well, there's. Are you going alphabetical? Or are you just gonna throw shit out? I'm gonna. I think alphabetical helps me because it's. I did it you this morning. Yeah, I just it. organized them. Uh, a day at the races, a night at the opera, a night at, in Casablanca. These are all Marx Brothers movies, by the way. Yeah, because I was going to say, I was like, I don't know any of these. <laughs> uh, I think it's called Go West or In the West or something like that. Yep. Oh, fuck. There's three that I'm forgetting. <laughs> it's a Room Service, I think, is one of them. Uh, two more. I, I won't remember them. <laughs> um, Stalker. Tarkovsky. I'm just going to start rattling them off as they come into my brain. Well, shit. Dogville. Wild Zero. Primer. One- Primer, uh, Wonder Boys. Oh, fuck. Shit. Lake of Fire. And McKay, Mrs. Miller. Fuck, there's an M. There's another M. <laughs> Did you see Margaret? Or you saw Margaret? Yeah, I saw Margaret. It's so good. Watch Margaret. I want to watch the extended cut, though. There's a three hour cut. <laughs> um, ah, fuck it. But yeah, I'm watching a lot of movies while I'm in Chile. I'm taking a bunch of DVDs with me. Because at nighttime, we're going to have nothing to do, right? Everyone's going to go to bed early, so I'll just pop on a movie on my laptop. You might want to explain that a little more. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm on vacation for the next two weeks. So this is my last episode for a while. Well, when do you when do you go? I leave on September 6th. Okay. Well, either way, uh, September 4th will be like the next week. There's nothing coming out. Right. So we're, we're taking a break. Anyway. Uh uh, I'll be back for the weekend around September 11. Yeah, uh, oh. yeah. tragic weekend. <laughs> We're watching the visit. The visit. Um, tragic indeed. <laughs> I will be here with uh, a lot of people. A uh, lot of guests to make up for me. <laughs> yeah, Thomas and Will, who were on returning before, guests. Who uh, 
Will fired some shots at Thomas, so I think they might get <laughs> back at each other during this episode. Oh, shit. Uh, also, my friend Tyler would be joining, so it'll be the four of us discussing M. Night Shyamalan and The Visit. Um, but at the same time, during that week, Tiff will be running here, and it's going to be... Which sucks, I'm missing a third straight year of Tiff. Yeah, it's going to be chaotic, because I have to work, I have to record, and I'll be, uh, I'll, and I'll be trying to watch as many movies as I can, so... If I can find time, it might be a bit late, but around the weekend of the 18th or after the um, the 20th, when, once the festival is done, I'll probably record an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everest comes out that week, so maybe I'll watch that. Find the guest. Yeah, and uh, talk about, like, briefly about what tip films I saw. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I won't get into spoilers for those because I don't even know when those will be coming out because yeah. last year I saw 99 Homes, and that doesn't come out until the end of september this year oh yeah Damn. so uh yeah uh cool so, so then and then you'll be back after that to watch uh legally blonder oh god <laughs> that's my return episode legally blonde yeah oh god we'll get more into that uh i'll just affiliate you in on that on the week i'm gone yeah the week before we'll, we'll just uh, i but, just uh, i just want to like pitch the the rest of uh september yeah Throw oh, it all God. out there, we because I have. So I have, I have to come back from Chile, find a copy of Legally Blonde, and watch it. And Legally Blonder. <laughs> we I don't know that. what the actual sequel is called, but <laughs> we're just calling it Legally Blonder because it sounds like it the sounds perfect legit. title. It sounds legit. Maybe we should. I'm gonna Google. This. I'm not. I'm gonna keep the illusion. <laughs> um, Legally that, Blonde Two, Red, White, and Blonde. Uh, <laughs> I think Legally Blonder is a far superior title. <laughs> Charles Herman Wormfeld, the director, uh, made the bad choice with the title. It should have been Legally Blonder. <laughs> yes, totally. Um, other than that, I might go to the theater to watch A Walk in the Woods this week. Maybe, only because I love the book. Okay. The book is one of the funniest books I've ever read. But watching the trailer, which I don't usually do, but because I read the book, I wanted to. I was curious. It doesn't seem like it's the same type of thing. They kind of change Who, it to Who's in that again? Robert Redford and Nick Nolte. And you said that was a funny book? Yeah. It's hilarious. Which is I, why... I, I mean, I can... Nick Nolte can, like, I guess... Pull... I don't, I don't see that movie being funny. It, I would the like trailer to, doesn't look funny. I, I mean, like it's... proven wrong. It looks lame funny. Like, funny for old people. <laughs> But I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, with I'm those a little two. disappointed because I, when I read the book, I'm like, I would love to make a movie about this, and I can make it hilarious. Blah blah blah, blah and then they fuck it up. Anyway, uh, where can we find you, Andres? Not, not Facebook. Jesus, you forgot. I forgot. You have it the easiest thing in the world. I forgot where I was gonna go. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and on Letterbox, it's all at Pocket Writer. Um, you can also now find me at unrealflix.com oh yeah that's why you hesitated yeah um <laughs> that's unreal with uh r-e-e-l yeah, real as in film real um i have one article up there right now i'm gonna be doing some reviews how do you soon. watch movies yeah i know it sounds a little pretentious but i don't think it's <laughs> that bad uh no what i from i read it this morning and it was yeah you make it more about uh, it's about like how to try and experience and how to get the best out yeah. of that sort of. It's feeling. less about like telling you how to watch movies as opposed to 
respecting movies for yes, what like they and are. like what mindset would you have yeah. going into it? Yeah, which and it's kind of stemmed off of my really, really, really shitty experience watching oh, yeah, Chapter you Three. You didn't mention that. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, I went to go watch it, and uh, people were talking, yelling, walking around as they please all throughout the entire movie, and I was just never go pissed. on a Tuesday. Tuesday no. is what half off day. And, and you that's know what the worst part is? Don't give here a shit at, about here at uh, your uh, Cineplex, f- from Monday to Friday this week, all half off. I'm not going to Cineplex this week. Anyway, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Ped, on Instagram as Jeff Jeffrey underscore Pedernera, and at Letterboxd as Jeff Ped. Wait, do you have that written on your notes now? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm going to copy and paste that shit into every single episode note. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so until next week, consider the question. Good summer, bad summer. See ya, fuck faces. <laughs> <laughs>